What's going on, my natives? It's your man, Dalen, here, and today I'm with my main dog, Shane the Hipster Alward. What's up, everybody? And we are here to talk to you on our first episode about our experiences, for me, film school and B, audio engineering school, right? That's correct, yeah. I took the professional recording uh, program uh, in Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, I guess let's so, kick, it, kick it off right yeah. off the bat. Do you, uh, should I start, or do you want to start? Well, um, just as a quick briefing that we both went to school in Vancouver for me to film you for audio, um, introduce yourself. Okay, um, uh, my name's Shane Elward. Uh, I grew up in Alberta, northern Alberta. Um, after I graduated high school, um, I moved to Vancouver to go to uh, recording engineer school, um, initially signing up for a program at the Art Institute. What year? Uh, uh, that was 2009. Uh, after signing up for the Art Institute program, actually only taking a semester, realizing that that wasn't for me. Um, it was a very expensive course, and they were just not really outlining the kind of stuff that I had imagined they would. Um, I had dropped out after hearing about a school um, called Nimbus School of Recording Arts. So I dropped out and I went to Nimbus instead, which was a cheaper program at the time and the world-renowned engineers were working there. Um, so I joined that course um, and I loved it there. It was a great experience for me. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm sitting. What, what about yourself? Well, yeah, basically the same backstory as Shane. After high school, went to film school, born in northern Alberta. Da -da -da. We're both from the same hometown. We didn't quite grow up together, but we became friends actually after we both went to Vancouver, but we did go to the same high school, but he was part of the cool kids and I was part of the losers. So we didn't quite <laughs> hang out with the best girls. <laughs> that isn't necessarily true, but uh, I was way cooler than you. Anyways, just blow past that. Uh, so I'm in Vancouver. Um, Shane had actually already came and gone uh, to his, for his schooling. And then I went there for two years for uh, the foundation of visual art and design diploma that you can get at Vancouver film school. And then after that, I got the film production diploma um, for cinematography and post-production. And I graduated in 2012, and I started in 2010. And to be completely br brutally honest with you guys, since then, I haven't done much of anything with my video work. I've shot a few things, but nothing noteworthy. noteworthy. A lot of the uh, students that go there, you know, it's very like a Hollywood-orientated school, you know. Um, and ever since then, and even now, all the videos I do now are for online video, which is a whole other, you know, beast opposed yeah. to actually like movie sets and stuff. So I, I but, think, uh, I think that's the same with any art school initially. Well, at least for our fields, I mean, I think when you go to film school or you're going to audio engineering school, the initial thing you're thinking um, or when everybody's thinking is like, you're going to go and you're going to get your diploma and you're going to hopefully get in to work on big movies or big records, you know what exactly. I mean? I, I think, yeah. and, and I think, and I mean that there's a very, there's a possibility that that could happen, but I mean, you have to also take into consideration how big your classes are and how many classes there are. Oh my God. So many. Year. And I mean, there's no way in hell that all of these students are going to go and work on big projects. Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky, a select few might become insanely successful. Well, I mean, like I know at VFS, a.k.a. Vancouver Film School, where I went, was um, I think they're putting out like 30 kids every two months or something stupid like that. 
Yeah. And I'm like, really? Do you really think that like Hollywood is going <laughs> to accept all of us here for, you know, being talented individuals? But um, having, having said that, it depends on what you want from it. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it, you know what I mean? Maybe you want to learn just so you can go and shoot your own independent films or. Exactly. Uh, but you know what I mean? At the same time, it's a pretty hefty price tag to pay just to learn to do something at home or with your friends. You know what I mean? You, you'd be, you know what I mean? If you're going to spend $80,000 on school, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I feel like the only way to pay that back is to getting a job in Hollywood. <laughs> so, Well, yeah. I mean, it also depends on like the person's situation. So, but I wanted to ask like both of us the question, how we can answer it is, I don't know if I should start off with this. No, let's not start off with that question. Um, let's, let's, let's start off with, okay. So you kind of outlined your program. I want to get into what you took and, um, what it kind of covered, like when you went to school and what you, okay. what courses, what courses you enjoyed the most and what yeah. courses that you maybe didn't take so much from, or maybe some you wish you took. Okay. So let me start with the first year. Cause the first and second year were two completely different things. Mm. Um, for my first year, I felt it was so, and I didn't miss a single class. Let me say that. And that this includes painting, life drawing, like drawing nude models with, with pencils. Like I didn't miss any, I had no interest in it. But I wanted to have perfect attendance just to show my work ethic and stuff. So I didn't miss any of it. Yeah. But w within all that, I feel like I didn't learn a lot. But the closer to the end of the year you got, you started to what's called stream into your, you know, niche or whatever, or what you want to go for. And in the first year of school, that's when I learned like Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop and stuff, which actually proved to be very useful. Like, yeah. very, like very, I made money off those both of those programs already. And... Uh, and I did learn it in my second year, but it, it when in the second year of school, that's when you decide whether you want to be a cinematographer, an editor, a director, a producer, an actor, or whatever, right? And um, and so with that, like I chose cinematography and post production, just because I did it, like I made that decision to go into those two streams, yeah, based on the fact that I I seen the most value in both of those to making my own videos. Yeah. If I can, if I can learn cameras and I can learn how to edit, then I can pick up a camera and edit my own videos. I don't need anyone's help kind of thing, which is paying off now that I'm vlogging on YouTube. <laughs> right. But a lot of, a lot, a majority of the people went into directing because they all wanted to be directors. And that's where I found there was lots of struggle in my class. Cause like everyone wanted to be the director and there could only be so many. Um, yeah. For, for school else. projects and stuff like that. Right. Exactly, and everyone had to fall back into like their like their second or third choice of position. And me, I was always the cinematographer or the editor, so I was always second or third choice, really. And so, whenever someone would pick me to be their director, I was also the editor. So I got to do both for every project I was on. Yeah, which worked well for me. But it, what I saw happen is everyone's button heads. Everyone, you know, had their own projects, had their own scripts. They all thought they were the best. You know, everybody wants not, to be the. Exactly. Like not, you know, not calling anyone out. Like everyone I went to school with is awesome, but yeah. I feel like it's maybe that's just the way they wanted that school to be is like, it was very competitive and they were all really butting heads. And like the way I felt about it is at the end, like they should have, we would have been better off all collaborating and focusing on like one really good project than like everyone being scattered and then not caring about anyone's project because they're pissed off at each other for not getting the directoring part. And then it all just kind of crumbling and not working very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there any programs that you wish you would have taken now in, in, 
I mean, in hindsight, not so much. Maybe acting, <laughs> only because I'm on camera now that I'm vlogging more. But yeah, I'm shooting myself, so it's not it's nothing near like acting. But mm. probably the biggest one would be producing, knowing like how to approach people to like get locations sure. and 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 all that kind of legal stuff. So yeah, that's what I would go back and take if I had the opportunity. So what about cool. you? Um. Okay. So I mean, my program was a hell of a lot shorter than Dalen's program. Um. But, uh, I mean, I mainly completely concentrated on recording arts, the recording engineering part of it. I touched base a little bit on producing and production, but mainly it was, I mean, I wanted to be on the board. I wanted to work the board. I wanted to, I mean, when I initially went into it, I had recorded before and used like Cool Edit Pro and like, you know what I mean? These software DAWs that we used to record demos on in punk bands when we were in junior high and high school. Um, yeah. but I had never worked in a huge studio with a, with a 64 channel SSL G series, like things you see in movies and you're like, holy fuck, this thing is like, it looks like it's like, like rocket science. You know what I mean? But you, yeah, you, that's all I mean. you learn pretty quickly that it's actually really simple to use. I mean, which I think comes as a shock to some people because it looks so complicated, but really, I mean, it's, it's one strip repeated 64 times. So it's not like you look at the board, I got to learn this whole Learn, you learn one what strip, trip. and you, and you know the whole board. You know, yeah, what I mean? and you program it all yourself or something. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So I concentrated on that, and I mean, I think the program started with the basics, and I think that was good with Nimbus, where I mean, they wouldn't even let you in the room until you learned how to wrap a cable properly and take a mic stand down yeah. properly. You know, so it's it literally starts with you wrapping cables. And putting on so stands. VFS was the same way, you know. Literally, cable management was a course. <laughs> yeah, which I think was was good, and it's something that has stuck with me uh, the whole time. You know, when I see people wrapping cables the wrong way, I oh, fucking go absolutely berserk. It's you know, what I mean, it's a huge pet peeve of mine because they drilled it into your head so much, and again, I had, remember having nightmares about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, then that builds up from there. Um, and then, you know, you start doing covers of, uh, older songs and trying to recreate sounds, um, and working on, and, uh, working on phase. So it's, if you have two microphones, you know what I mean? It's going to have, they're going to have phase with each other. So how to align those to, you know, eliminate the phase problems. Um, and then guitar micing techniques and drum micing techniques. And, um, I mean, the course was a lot more simple, I think, when we went, uh, than it is now. I think it's way more in depth now. I mean, we were the first intake ever and it just opened up. Uh, I mean, there were, there were huge names that were coming together to do this. Uh, Bob Ezrin, who did Pink Floyd, The Wall, um, Garth Richardson, who did Rage Against the Machines, Rise Against, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So it was like these huge guys that came together and they opened up this tiny little school. It was tiny when I went there and there were six people in my class. You know, <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. And so we really got to pick these guys. And then our teachers were uh, other huge head honchos. So we really got to pick their brains. Uh, and I mean, and learn a lot. It was, it was a shorter, like my initial course was only six months for the engineering program of it. Um, and you were there... I think you were there five days a week, four hours a day is what it was. But, but, but the studio was open 24 seven. So your course was four hours. And at that point there wasn't that many people there. So you had access to the studio 24 seven. So it's like you finish your class and then you could jump in the studio and you could spend a week there. You know what I mean? 
And just yeah. so, I mean, and that was, I think the cool part is that you always had access. So like at midnight, you could just roll up and fucking with a band yeah. and throw them in the studio and record at any point. There was always a studio open. Uh, but anyway, kind of a basic outline of what I took while I was there. Um, yeah. I think, uh, and I guess for the same question I asked you, if there's anything that I wish I would have taken. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, more about now. They have a lot of different programs there now. I mean, they have artist development. They have, but I don't know if I would take that. Um, I mean, they have a film program there now. I would probably take that, <laughs> to be honest. What's part for films? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and we touched on a little bit of that, like, um, you know, doing overdubbing and voiceover work and stuff like that. Like, then we touched on stuff like that in the course, too. But there was a lot of grazing because it was a compact course. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. like, here's all this fucking information really fucking yeah. fast. Like, yeah. don't forget anything. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because now, like, you know, for you, it's like 10 years later. And for me, it's, I don't know, eight years, I guess. Um, it's kind of funny how you and I have kind of switched. Like, Shane became a huge film buff and watches, yeah. like, everything, the Oscars, and watches every bit, big, it's, you know, motion yeah. picture that comes out. Now I'm, like, starting to record music and stuff like that. Like, I never was into that ever. And then, uh, you know, I love hip-hop, and I've been trying to write raps, and Chase helped me with it, but we kind of switched. So, like, we've been helping each other out with yeah. what we do now. But Which I don't think is uncommon. Just... I mean, it's it's a similar field, you know what I mean? Without yeah. without without uh, without audio and film, films would yeah, suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, films were okay, but definitely way more chap <laughs> when they were, like, you know, what's his name, Charlie Chaplin, like, black and white, no sound. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you couldn't even uh, make a scary movie. You know what I mean? If you had no yeah. sound, like the whole thing that makes movies scary, it's the sound guy, really. I feel like all the yeah. the pop ups and all the you yeah, know, the creepy, like you know, when they're in the other room and you can hear them but you can't see them, all that yeah. stuff. But um, well, one thing I think we should elaborate on now is like you're recording like basically an entire album by yourself here mm. in like a room and the place you're living at right now. And yeah. how I'm, I'm, I started my YouTube channel, I started vlogging, and we're both creating by ourselves. Um, so who should start talking about that, me or you? I don't know. Um, yeah, I just well, talked, so I'll, I'll, you, you should start. Um, okay. I guess so, um, kind of the question, I, I mean, I want to add to that is, uh, you, so what kind of what you just said, and then on top of that, being in school, and I mean, using, say, red cams and all these fucking crazy, you know what I mean? These crazy ass. I don't ass... Think that back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though? Like, it was very big. Yeah, they were big, big cinema big, cameras. Yeah. Big cinema cameras and big lights and big dollies and all this shit. And where, where now you're, you've shrunken it down to, to stuff that you're doing at home. And do you oh, feel yeah, like. like mirrorless do you, and stuff. Do you, do you feel like that there's a lot, it transfers over, you know what I mean? All the stuff you learned on all that big gear helps you on the stuff you're using today. Yeah, I mean, like, now I have this tiny little camera. It's a Sony mirrorless. This is Sony A6300, which is actually not even the newest one. But anyways, shoots 4K, shoots 120 frames per second at 1080p. And it's tiny. It can fit in the palm of my hand. And when I was in school, like, I don't even think 4K was, like, a thing that we could shoot on then. Oh, like, exactly. I know our computers, our computers sure as hell couldn't edit it if we, if we were allowed to shoot it. And Dude, I, I don't even remember really hearing about red cams back I then. I feel like 1080p, like, just came out. <laughs> yeah, like, that was, like, the ish. Like, 720p was still a reality. Now, yeah. 720p is, like, in the dust, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, 
I just remember, you know, Kinda shooting off, on these cameras. Sorry, off topic, but I just because when we were talking about that, do you remember 1080i? That was a oh, that's a really good thing I got to talk about because that was a big expensive mistake for me because I bought a camera that could only shoot that. Was that Sony, Anyways, right? No, it was that Con uh, Canon XH-A1. It was like okay. 30. By the time I got a ship to Fort Mac, it was almost four grand. And 1080i <laughs> lasted like, it lasted like, I don't know, a year or something yeah. or a fraction of amount of time. And then 1080p came out and it was just like, 1080i was in the dust and I spent all this money on something that was just worth nothing. Like I was, anyways. Um, but yeah, so now like the fact that like 4K Sucko! is a thing. And that, <laughs> that's that Karen saying that. But the fact that 4K is, you know, in, like, cell phones now, and, like, I bet you in the next couple of years, you know, maybe even next year you'll see 4K in front-facing cameras on phones, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, but the one thing that I can say that I took away from film school that I still use today that I, that I learned a lot about was the internal components of a camera and how sensors work, how lenses point light at sensors and how it records it and, you know, uh, the data input and, like, bit, you know, everything between, like, uh, data transfer rates to, like, uh, your, uh, what are they called? I already forgot the name. <laughs> bit, bit stuff when you're recording stuff. Yeah. And, like, one of the big things is, like, lenses. Like, you know, when you see, like, a selfie picture or video, you know it's a selfie because it's that tiny little camera with a tiny sensor on the tiny phone. But when yeah. you see, like, a big camera with, like, a nice long lens and you got the shallow depth of field, like, it looks sick. Yeah. That's the stuff I learned in school with lenses and stuff. And I still use that today. And but you, even with the camera, sorry, what? Do you feel like you, you need that big production Hollywood stuff that you were using in school to say, if you're going to go and, and you know what I mean? I was talking to you earlier about that. If, if we were going to go shoot that script, do you feel like we could shoot it with the gear that you have? Or do you think that we would have to go oh, yeah. get a red cam and like all this stuff? I feel like now I feel like we'd be better off shooting it with the gear I have just to get it done opposed to like trying to like come up sure. with reasons to get a big camera. Sure. But I'm saying like, I mean, to stand up to indie films at Cannes Film Festival and stuff like that, say, you know what I mean? Like, is, will it look as good on these cameras, I mean, do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. if we took my camera um, and just maybe we get a couple lenses or rent a couple lenses. Or sure. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe yeah. Money towards like locations and stuff like that, but I mean, I mean, I've seen film. There's film festivals now that put out great like films, like hour and a half long films shot on just iPhones. Yeah, I've seen that. Crazy. Yeah, that's pretty. It's crazy. But it you, can, you can get iPhone lenses, you can get iPhone rigs, and everything. It's just the sensor and the iPhone that you're really using. But I mean, with the equipment I have, absolutely. And I mean, yeah. with the sound stuff that you have, I mean, we could do ADR and everything with your stuff. So, yeah, so no I mean, I think that's a good thing just to let people know is that. Uh, you know, when you're in school, you're going to be working on all of this with this crazy gear and all these huge gear. But you have to realize that unless you do get a job in Hollywood or in a big studio, yeah. you know what I mean? You're never going to work on this gear ever again because guess what, bud? You can never afford to buy any of this shit because it's you need millions and millions of dollars to buy it. So it's like even though you've been working with it the whole two years you were in school and it was fantastic – as soon as you graduate and you want to go buy a cat or recording or recording gear, you're going to go way, way down. Right. Because uh, <laughs> that's all you can afford. But with, I mean, the thing is with today, which has kind of changed since we went to school now with technology and everything, it's like, you know, you can fucking do a rec record in your basement. You know what I mean? You don't need to go to a big studio anymore. 
that big panel um, thing you're talking about is now like what a DAW is, right? You have all the sliders, basically unlimited sliders for just a laptop. All you need is a yeah. laptop. Same the effect. I mean, it's it's all digital. It's not analog, which I get, but I mean, it's faders. Well, you can it. But <laughs> what's um, it called? Faders. I thought it was called a DAW, a digital audio workspace on your computer. Oh, on your computer, yeah. I, I'm just talking about like on the on the board, like the would board, be yeah. yeah, would be your console and then your faders. But it's, I mean, the thing is with having a console, it's nice because people like to say they like to feel the music when you're mixing it. Of course. You know what yeah. I mean? But I mean, I don't fucking know, dude. Like, it's cool. I love it. I wish I could go buy a board. And but like at the yeah. end of the day, it's like. I mean, I could do a whole record on my MacBook Pro with a fucking with a MIDI keyboard and DI my guitars with Axe Effects too. And and yeah. and if I know what I'm doing and I put it out and mix it good, nobody's gonna know the difference and it's gonna sound fucking awesome. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of programmed drums. I've never been. I'm a huge fan of recording drums and getting drum sounds. I think the drums should be the loudest thing on the record. I love yeah. I love drums. Um, but I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm recording. And using programs like Sir, and uh, there's another one that Stephen Slate put out called Slate Drums, um, and they're amazing. They're amazing yeah, samples, they sound and good. you can, they sound great. And it's and you can't you can't even I mean you can barely tell, man. It's you know you can barely like, tell. Like I was telling you, it's like you know you're putting all this money in this equipment and stuff, and like people nowadays are listening to music on like Bluetooth headphones, streaming it over Apple Music, which takes all the guts out of it. Like listening to like a, a vinyl over analog speakers. And it's like me or anyone else, like, you know, you uh, people are watching on mobile devices more than ever. So it's not like, you know, using a film camera and like, you know, I mean, when it comes to exposure, I'm sure that works. But I mean, it's, it's being scaled down to this tiny little phone when people are used to watching like movies and cinematic things on, on like huge screens. Right. So yeah, absolutely. That away a bit, but that's the direction we're going in and it's not going to change. Like, yeah, so I mean, I guess this what kind of what we're touching on here is that if you do go to school, be prepared to to use the best gear in the world. But as soon as you graduate, be prepared to use the worst. <laughs> no, not yeah, the worst. And, not and the make worst. the best. Make the best of what you got. Yeah, I mean, not the worst. Obviously, go out and buy decent gear, and in school, you'll learn what to buy and what not to buy. You yeah. know what I mean? And and you'll you'll set a standard. But I just, you know, just be aware that you're not going to be working on with with million dollar consoles and million dollar cameras afterwards because you can't afford those. Yeah, I just I remember like the Sony, like I can't remember what it was, the eighth. No, it was, there wasn't even alpha cameras back then. The F3 or something, I think is what it was. It was a huge camera. It shot 1080 and whatnot. We had all these huge lenses, but these lenses were worth so much money. All these prime lenses and stuff, <clears throat> and it was so dope. But it was so big, and like you needed a crew to run it, and like it's just crazy to even think about, you know, trying to film with that now. I could never vlog with it. I mean, we're yeah. talking a huge. <laughs> yeah, like, and I I think that that's changed a lot now too. And I mean, I guess you can't afford it. I mean, you rent, right? Like, I mean, I know a good friend of mine, Cody Bound. He shoots short films, and he's been really successful. And I mean, he goes and he shoots oh, yeah. his he shoots his entire films. He just put out his first uh, feature length. It's called Gregoire. You guys should check it out. Cody Bound Gregoire. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I went and watched it in Vancouver. But, I mean, he shoots, um, and I believe everything. He rents a red cam, and, and he, yeah. shoots, he shoots everything with one camera, though. He just rents one camera, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, shooting all of those Which scenes, can be done with multiple takes, right? It's yeah, easy. absolutely, and that's what he's doing. So, I mean, he goes and he rents, a, he rents a cam, and I don't know what that costs him. 
But I mean, to rent a red cam for for two weeks, I'm sure it's not cheap, but no, the insurance is probably more. <laughs> but I mean, when I for, like for me, like my perspective changed a lot when I was in, when I went to school. I was all stoked about like Hollywood, and I you know I thought it was all the ish, and I still think it's dope because if I could meet someone like Ari Gold from Entourage, I'd be super hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, now the reality is it's online video. Even like to get into Netflix and stuff like that, like you need to still have a set and everything. But for me, I'm just making vlogs and tutorials in my apartment. And the camera you're looking at right here is actually the camera I got for a present for graduating film school the year that I graduated. So this camera I've been using ever since, and it's still fine. Yeah. We're talking eight years ago, but and I can make a lot of good stuff on this camera, and I have. But... You know, it's, it's so hard to say because every person's different too. One thing I was going to talk to you about is how, you know, like for someone who, who has their tuition paid for, like I did, yeah. which I will, you know, that's different than someone who is getting a loan or, you know, wants to go but can't get a loan. There's a million different people in this world. Absolutely. It's, it's so um, different for everyone. So I guess, I mean, so we've kind of touched on. Um, what we took in school and then how working on the gear compared to what you're going to work on in the real world afterwards. Um, where's a good place to go after this? I mean, I guess we can touch into. Do, do you want to take a quick, do you want to take a quick break here? Yeah, we can take a quick break. All right. So I want to, we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are back. And I wanted to ask Shane a question about how, when he was in school, how the internet was a thing, because, you know, we're not that old. It wasn't. <laughs> how, <laughs> but, how was it a thing? Like, yeah, we it's, were, it's, we're dinosaurs over here. No. It was 2010. There was, there was yeah, but, lots of... <laughs> but, I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, it's not, it's not the way it is now. And I, even when I was in school, like, I don't... Like, Vine wasn't out. Like, there weren't Viners. There weren't YouTube Viners. There weren't YouTubers that... You know, like the Paul brothers I mean, who make yeah, like sure. fifteen million subs in a sure. year, like that's crazy. Sure, Vine, so, yeah, Vine, Vine I'll came out. Right. Vine came out like the year after or two years after I graduated from recording school. I think. I remember. Uh, I was. I remember. I got on Vine in two thousand and thirteen or tw- thirteen because that's when we were, you know, Vining yeah. in Vancouver all lit. So yeah. that's about right. Um, okay, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I mean, like I said, it was two thousand and ten. Um, I think the big debate was still going on whether. Um, the internet was good or bad for the music industry. Is it good or bad for artists? I mean, obviously the record labels fucking hated it. And you know what I mean? Because nobody was buying records anymore. And it wasn't like, and I mean, a lot more people are buying iTunes songs. I mean, Spotify wasn't a thing. That's fucking big. There was no Apple Spotify. music wasn't a thing. No. So, I mean, and now. Now it's streaming it's, over, like, everything. It's, it's everything. That's all anybody fucking uses anymore. Everybody is on Spotify, right? You pay a monthly subscription, and you can listen to all the fucking music well, you want to listen to. Well, when we were in school, it was all about illegally downloading that shit. <laughs> but exactly. you were supposed to buy, you were supposed to pay for it on iTunes, but now it's just like ten dollars a month yeah. on limited music. Yeah. And people, people still, people still steal music. People still, you know what I mean. But I think that it's way more uncommon now than it was ten years ago. You know what I mean? Oh and yeah, that because, was I mean, well, it originally, I mean, obviously Napster was the originator and that was forever because uh limewire i saw but yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about but but i think with limewire and stuff which were really big and uh it made it really easy 
to you just put it in the search, boom, download it. And then I think after those fell and then torrents came, a lot of not so tech savvy people couldn't figure it out. So they didn't do yeah. it. You know what I mean? You had to use the internet yeah. and, and, a, like, and a third party application. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then that kind of. Well, so was LimeWire. Oh, no, that, you're right. No, that's you right. Could, it was just. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It, right. So um i think that helped the industry a little bit but then i mean it wasn't very hard to figure out and then i mean torrenting 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 now but, it's even yeah. easier than limewire ever was i think that uh i think i don't think as many people are doing it now i think that because people pay the whatever the fucking ten dollars a month and you get spotify right or or apple music that's what i use i'm like i have no excuse to not use that like the amount of time that i didn't spend not illegally downloading music because i've never done that <laughs> is worth the ten dollars a month I th- in my opinion <laughs> yeah i think i think i mean because i mean at the end of the day you want to support the artist people and especially today people people are working so hard to put out content and yeah. i mean especially in the music industry i mean unless you're beyonce or bieber or jay-z i mean if you're these bands i mean they need the money man you know I mean? the music industry we over here in the film industry are putting in work. Now we're talking about audio and video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I understand what you're saying. But so, I mean, I, look at people like I know you hate his guts, but look at Little Pump. Look what he did. Look what look what Cardi B did in a year. She went from a she was a stripper like just over a year ago, and now she's gone like well, she had three. I'm pretty sure she had three the top one, two, three on the charts for like three songs. That makes year. me want to kill myself though. <laughs> yeah, because you have dignity and you're trash and you don't know what good music is. But anyways, back on the subject of discussion. I think, That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's changed a bit. Um, for sure. Spotify has been great. I think for everybody, I don't think they pay their artists enough, but it's been great. Um, I'm actually switching like this week. More people are, more people are paying for their music. I think, and especially with, I mean, the vinyl explosion has been really cool. Uh, more people are going out and buying hard copies. Like, not that many people buy CDs anymore, but I feel like everybody's buying vinyls. It's Even if, they buy, if you're gonna, if you're gonna physically buy music, it's a vinyl. It's not a CD. Yeah, and I think, and even if they don't have a record player, they're buying vinyls because it's. At least you get a piece, big piece of artwork. It's something cool to own. It's something cool to have. Yeah. You can keep it forever. I mean, and it's a WAV file, so that's fucking cool. I mean, it's not a tiny MP3, which yeah. nobody cares about anymore either. But it's so funny because uh, I, I saw this. I saw this uh, record player. It was like a vinyl record player that came with Bluetooth speakers. I'm like, isn't that kind of stupid? <laughs> like, should they come with wired speakers? Like, <laughs> doesn't that just suck the vinyl right out of it? Like, just some novelty <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I think um, I feel like the music or the internet's in a good place for music right now. Um, yeah. I mean, besides, I mean, I think the industry is fucked, and I I hate it. And I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I think I think yeah. well, I think when I went to school, the desire to like be a part of it was a lot higher than when you get older and. You know, as a musician, I just want to play music, and and if you can get a following and stuff, that's fun. But I mean, there's not really that this huge desire to like make it to the top or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just enjoy doing it, and I mean, obviously, you you know, it's nice if you can get a small fan base behind you and and and, and support a, a, you. But a good example of that is like you know, I watch all these interviews of like people like Little Zen or Little Pump or all these little face tattooed guys, which are having huge records now. Yeah, I've heard this like interview. I can't remember which one of them it was. He was like, 
He's like, we're not even really, he's like, we're not even really artists. He's like, we're entertainers and we have good personas and they all have colored hair. They all have face tattoos and they're all hype and they're all young. I just, it's just what the internet does, right? Like, cause I, you know, I feel like it's just cause it's just, I feel like it's gotta be just like a large group of really young audience listening to this. Of course, cause it's always young people on the internet. It's always going to be the younger, like we're like, we're like elderly people on the internet, basically, is what, like, <laughs> you know? Like, nowadays, it's like 13-year-olds, and they're, like, consuming all this content, and they're the ones that are paying attention, and they idolize people that are 18. So that, to us, being 27, to them, to 18 is young, right? But to 13-year-olds, it's, it's older, and they idolize them, right? They're adults. Yeah. Crazy, because they're all sipping lean and shit. Which is <laughs> it's, it's weird to think about it, but, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, so yeah, but, I well, can I well, yeah, can I elaborate a little bit on like the video yeah. side of things? Like, okay, since I've been in film school, I've talked to a few students. I haven't talked to a lot that I've went to school with. Um, but one thing that really fascinated me was that one of the directors I worked with after film school, his name was Tony Zhao. He directed a film for uh, Whistler or no Telus Whistler Ski and Snowboard Festivals Film Festival. That's yeah. Awesome. But he directed this video for it, and it was pretty funny and stuff. And like we used like my friend's place and whatnot. Ryan Wilson's crib. Yeah, uh, Wilson. But, Wilson. <laughs> but we didn't, you know, we didn't place or nothing. But it was still all good. And afterwards, he comes out on YouTube, and he starts doing these videos where he critique. I think it's critiquing or at least explaining like films. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, and this channel is called Every Frame a Painting. And I watched him grow his channel from like nothing to I'm looking at it right now. He's at 1.413,000. Wait, 1,413,000 1,436 subscribers. This kid should have went to math school. Yeah, he should have took algebra. <laughs> but, anyways, that's where he's sitting now. And he hasn't put any videos out in a while, but. Man, like some of his stuff has 11 million views, 6 million views, you know, three, four, five, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. But like, you know, so, he took his edu- he took his education, he took directing, right? And he didn't even shoot <laughs> these videos, I don't think. He just took films and cut them and did a voiceover and to be able to this huge YouTube channel which you could monetize and whatnot, I think. Um, yeah, well, I mean, how how many people how many people were vlogging when you went to film school? I don't even know. I don't like. I think like I think a year or two after I was in school, like, like Casey Neistat started vlogging, which he's a huge vlogger, right? Let's see. Uh, I'm just gonna Google it. Vlogging. 2012. <laughs> this became this became the uh, educational vlogs. It says this yeah. became this became the template for others to follow and help start the idea of vlogging before YouTube even came into existence. Vlogs existed before YouTube did. Vlogging did not become popular until nearly 2006, wow. uh, when the world when the world changing video Great site 10. came into picture. So when YouTube came out in 2006, it started yeah. um, to become popular. But I was on YouTube in 2006, I just can't remember my account name. I have one but, for 2008. But I mean, now it's so big that I mean, there's I mean, these YouTube vloggers are making millions and millions oh and millions of dollars, right? Heard about Twitch? You know what Twitch is? Yeah, the video game streaming thing. Well, it's 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 an, it's an Amazon technical difficulties there, real quick. But as I was talking about with Twitch, how it's like this huge platform now, 
And this is one guy named Ninja. Uh, from what I've seen on YouTube, I'm not even on Twitch, which I should be. And this guy makes a million dollars a month off <laughs> endorsements and his <clears throat> subscribers because you sub- like you can charge to be subscribed to people on pay Twitch. To, pay to watch, right? Yeah, so like he's got all these people watching him play video games. Since I guess he just kills it, and he's he's like he's like funny, I think. So yeah. he's like you see him, and then he kills it at the same time, and he makes a million dollars a month. He made twelve million dollars a year of playing flipping video games. That's insane. It makes me it weirds me out to think that people will pay money to watch other people play video games. You know, yeah, but see, that... everyone's younger than us, right? Everyone's digging video games still. We're so like our balls are so. I, mean, out of the I like video games. I I've been playing Fortnite. That shit is sick, dude. What you play Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, Drew Hanger. Like... Let's go on Twitch. I want to make twelve million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I guess to like that's just you know one thing that we should probably talk about. Maybe we could stream our podcast on Twitch and record it for Anchor at the same time. That's a good <laughs> we, idea. We probably this could. A, I mean, this is why I'm a billionaire. And, and I, anyways, I think the possibilities are endless these days for sure. And there's, I mean, there's something new popping up. Not something huge, but something something huge comes Dude. up every couple of years, right? But that's true. That's like how right. Snapchat Every- was a big thing, and now Instagram stories are a huge thing, and now Snapchat's not a thing. <laughs> well, Snapchat's still a thing. I think a lot of people still use In Snapchat. Canada. But, I mean, I did just read about a, a thing because they made an update, and everybody hated it. And then one of the yeah. fucking Kardashian, one of the Kardashian sisters, made a <laughs> made a made a comment saying that. The new Snapchat update sucks, and then apparently they lost like thirteen million. million. Is that what it was? Yeah, like instantly, it's crazy. I don't even understand how that happens, but that's the power of the internet. See, if I said Snapchat sucks, they would lose about thirteen dollars, so <laughs> like millions of dollars. But um, yeah, I guess to sort of wrap things up here. Um, so, in your opinion, would you say that going to audio engineering school was kind of worth it nowadays, or what? Um, I, I mean, I think there's a little difference between when I went and nowadays, but uh, I feel like there's still a lot more to touch on, um, you know, about the details of everything before answering that question. So, I think maybe if um, you come back next week, you can find out the answer to that question as well as mine about film school. So we just wanted to say thank y'all for listening. Throw us a thumbs up if you like this podcast. Tweet us some suggestions at When We Go Out and Dale and Gerard. And please follow us for a fantastic time. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Have a good one. Tight. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Oh, shit. That was tight.